to the three episode limited edition Pods Heal Heals podcast. I'm Diane Ashcroft. You might know me as the Potty Purple Pod because I'm a bit bonkers and I love purple. And I'm a podiatrist. So why am I talking to the three guests I've selected? Ian Sadler, Andrew Ayres and Ben Lumley. They were the three expert podiatrists that helped me and 120 other podiatry colleagues get a better understanding of plantar fasciitis, heal pain and how to treat it at the two training events that they held in 2018. At those events they focused on the best practice modalities that we should be using in treating plantar fasciitis and heel pain all backed up by research and data. In February 2019, a bunch of us from that training collaborated on an awareness campaign, which we called Pods Heal Heals. It was a great success in achieving our goal in helping people understand more about the heel pain and plantar fasciitis that they thought they had and what they could do about it. We're running another Pods Heal Heals awareness campaign in 2020, and that's why I wanted to talk to these three key podiatrists for this podcast. Hope you enjoy it and I hope it helps you understand heel pain and plantar fasciitis better. Let's talk to my third guest, Ben Lumley. Hello there. So my name's Ben, as you said. Um, I work up in Cumbria as an advanced practitioner musculoskeletal podiatrist. So I see only MSK conditions of the foot and ankle. Quite a few of those are complex heel pain presentations. So the ones that don't respond to usual conservative measures or there's a query of diagnosis. Um, so physios, podiatrists and GPs are referring to me when they need some help or a second opinion. Fantastic. So given that you're in the NHS, does your service still, I was about to say, suffer with the um, pattern, if you like, of seeing quite a few patients that come in with a, an initial diagnosis of plantar fasciitis that actually turns out not to be? Oh, all the time. So either be that they've only had a quick appointment and not had a thorough assessment, or they've been they've gone in saying, look, I've been diagnosed with plantar fasciitis, I'm not getting better, or they've self-diagnosed with plantar fasciitis and they're not getting better and they get referred into our service. So we do get a bit of a mixture. Some do have plantar fasciitis, some don't, and some have been given a good diagnosis, uh, appropriate assessments, unfortunately haven't responded to care, but quite a lot have just been, because it's heel pain, assume, the assumption is that it's plantar fasciitis, but sometimes it's not. What kind of proportion turn out not to be, would you say? I'd say probably around a third. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. quite a significant number. Yeah, well, a lot of the simple plantar, well, I say simple, not simple, but a lot of them are banned. Our plantar fasciitis is go to car services, mm. and they get they get better. Ultimately, it's a self-limiting condition. Well, the literature still suggests that, so quite a lot of those do resolve without any healthcare provider intervention. Yeah. And but we tend to get the more unusual heel pains. I'm going to say, if you're telling somebody that's had plantar fasciitis or heel pain of whatever cause for five years, that it's a self-limiting condition, yeah. yes, they're not going to believe you. No, they're not. And that's sometimes because like, plantar fasciitis isn't just plantar fasciitis in isolation, or it was never plantar fasciitis in the first place. It's not always that clear cut. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. So... Can you tell us about the most challenging case of heel pain that you've actually helped to resolve? 
Uh, one was probably the patient who did have plantar fasciitis, but had quite not great management initially. So she came in on, into initial appointment on crutches, which is immediately raises an eyebrow because you think, well, this isn't your tip. This isn't typical for a patient walking in with plantar fasciitis. Um, she'd had this real sense of fear and guarding put into her. She had this real sense. Of, she had this real belief that every time she put her foot on the floor, she was causing structural permanent harm. Oh. So actually taking a lot of time to talk to her, reassurance, assessment and diagnosis, and we spent a lot of time just talking to her and understanding how this was impacting on her and trying to break down those barriers and understand, explain to her that actually this can be managed and it took quite a, quite a variety of treatment options. So we really worked with her on things like getting her back, walking without the crutches, engaged with her rehab, uh, weight loss for her was quite important. These all these kind of things had a big impact. So slimming world referrals and things like that all actually made a real positive impact on her. Wow, that sounds like your service really does focus on a complete wraparound care package. Yeah, because we because we we liaise closely with quite a lot of different professions from physiotherapy to sometimes persistent physical symptom service. We have quite close ties with. To liaise with GPs, rheumatologists, orthopaedic surgeons, done a couple of neurology referrals, these type of things. So actually, we have quite quite good working links. We're quite really fortunate up in Cumbria, that we have, in my job role, I can refer to direct a variety of services. Well, I'm sure you're a major influence in making that happen. Stubborn, <laughs> assistant, I think is probably the word. <laughs> you don't take no for an answer. No. But your patients are benefiting from that. Yeah, absolutely. It allows so because of like because I have because I spent a lot of time going in. I went and introduced myself to all the other professionals in and around the area. So I spent time in rheumatology. Went and introduced myself to the orthopedic surgeons. Set up joint clinics alongside them. Do a lot of in-service training for physiotherapy and podiatry departments. And this has really helped build these close links. And I think that's the best way to be. There's no shame in referring on or engaging with other services. It actually, makes you a better practitioner by doing that. It certainly does. So talking a bit about heel pain again, and yeah. you're saying like 30% of them aren't plantar fasciitis that come in that are. Tell, tell us about some of those other conditions that you've had to identify and what they've turned out to be. So I've had three tarsal tunnel syndromes recently. One was a ganglion uh, with impinging a tarsal tunnel. One was uh, flexor digital longus tenosynovitis. Wow. So an inflammation of the tendon which is causing neuralgic heel pain, like this nerve-type pain in the heel. And the final one was called a schwannoma, which is like a nerve cell tumour. A schwannoma? Yeah, it's like a, a, tumor, a tumor on the tibial nerve. Thankfully, we got a sac, an opinion from the sarcoma team, happy that it was completely benign. So she's going to have it excised and tarsal tunnel decompression. Wow. That's and a then, one, isn't it? How, uh, how did you finally diagnose that? Uh, through MRI. Because she had, she had more tarsal tunnel type symptoms, so I got an MRI done. Any of my patients with tarsal tunnel type pain, I tend to MRI them. Because one of the causes of tarsal tunnel syndrome is a space-occupying lesion. And that's only going to show up on an MRI? Yeah. Well, you could probably get it on ultrasound scan, but... When, you, when you're considering that, I, I tend to get an MRI done because often they're looking at surgical targets. So our local surgery team prefer to have an MRI to see where it is and for surgical planning as well. 
Ah, good. Well, it makes it all efficient. I'm glad you're spending my tax dollars well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but so, other causes we tend to see are things like we've had a couple of stress fractures. Yeah. Um, we've had like heel fat pad edema. Uh, had a giant cell bone tumor with a calcaneus. A giant cell bone tumor? Yeah. A benign bone lesion, usually benign bone lesion, but that person ended up having it eroded quite a lot of the calcaneus. The person had to have quite complex surgery done in the end through the sarcoma team out in the northeast at RVI. You make it all sound very matter of fact. Well, it's, well I have access to imaging, so it makes my life a lot easier sometimes. <laughs> so if you're going to have heel pain, have it in Cumbria because they've got all the resources there. Well, there are plenty of other good people. Like he's, uh, I'm really fortunate that I've had. Um, really senior podiatric surgeons, advanced practitioners, very experienced podiatrists who I regularly message for help and they provide a great deal of support and wouldn't be able to do my job without them. It, it is great having great connections in this uh, yes. business, isn't it? And reaching out oh. to people that are uh, at, the, at the cutting edge of it, really. Oh, totally. So, heel pain. You love it, don't you? Tell me what you love about treating heel pain. I like the complexity of it because there's so many contributing factors that can present as heel pain. I like the, the screening process, the work, trying to pin down a diagnosis. And sometimes it's not always easy. Um, sometimes it's a bit more obvious, a bit more classic presentation of plantar fasciitis. But sometimes it's not. And I like working through that. So you're not just considering the heel, you're considering underlying systemic, potential underlying systemic factors, such as yeah, ankylosing spondylarthropathies, uh there's things like reactive arthritis and a whole host of things that can present as heel pain so actually it's quite complex it's varied and it's really interesting so you're on the lookout for any of these inflammatory disorders that can turn out to be yeah. completely different so it can be re really simple basic history taking but having that awareness of that you can get people diagnosed earlier and help them more like patients with ankylosing spondylitis can take years to get diagnosed and as a treat, effective treatment early on, they have much better long-term outcomes. Explain a little bit more about ankylosing spondylitis for anybody listening that doesn't know what it is. So it's one of the rheumatological conditions that can present as uh, like sacroiliitis. tends to be younger males that have it, genetically prone to it. One of a whole host of weird and wonderful conditions that rheumatologists treat. So any podiatrists who are listening, I'd recommend spending some time with your rheumatology department at some point. Great learning opportunity. Um, and it can lead to enthesiopathies, tendinopathies. And these, one of the, these, like when you get these chronic tendinopathies that are not responding, and you've got patient with uh, young male, youngish male with sacroiliac pain, because it tends to be more common in males, can get it in women as well, but more common in males. Um, if you've got those patients with that type of pattern, I think it's always worth screening for and investigating a little bit further. Does that show up on a blood test? Um, it can. Some patients are HLA B27 positive, but some are not. Um, but MRI scans of the lumbar sacral region are, will, will show up inflammation in around that area. And you talking about history there, history taking there, are there any particular key questions that kind of get you suspecting that that maybe you know your average joe podiatrist like i am should be asking yeah so if i had a patient coming in with morning joint stiffness of more than 30 minutes with a history of ibs colitis 
eye infections, family history, these kind of things would be raising my suspicions further. Uh, nice guidelines. Uh, nice guidelines have been updated not that long back, and and they show like a really simple screening questionnaire for that. So I would encourage all podiatrists to read that as well. Good advice. Okay, let's go to the polar opposite then. Is there anything that you actually hate about treating heel pain? I think sometimes people don't take enough time to question the diagnosis just because it's heel pain is plantar fasciitis and that frustrates me a little bit because these patients who do have more sinister pathology or underlying systemic pathology could have been picked up at an earlier opportunity or their rehab has been, their management has not necessarily been ideal. So just been given a, a pair of orthotics and told to go away or not followed up or not rehabbed in conjunction with giving one treatment modality. And why do you suppose that is? I think sometimes when you've got quite a limited tool of treatment available to yourself, you tend to rely on those tools. So the saying of, if you've got a hammer, all you see is nails. I get you. I get you. So apart from seeing a podiatrist, what would be your singular piece of advice to somebody who's currently suffering from heel pain that's not resolving? So I would make make sure you've been given a reasonable diagnosis from someone who's experienced in assessing and management of lower limb mammoth care pathologies, being consistent with your rehab. If you've been given a treatment plan, be consistent with that. Always helps. And if it's not responding to one form of treatment, try and understand why and ask for an explanation and see what other treatment options are available. But your key piece of advice is to see somebody who really knows what they're doing, musculoskeletal assessment-wise, to be able to get to that accurate diagnosis. Yes, ideally a podiatrist. (laughs) Not that either of us are biased at all. No, not at all. (laughs) Thanks so much for talking to me, Ben. I know you've got a busy day. And you're... Are you still doing your MSc or have you finished now? No, I'm still doing my MSc, working through my dissertation now. Oh my word. So (laughs) studying hard, working hard, and you've got a little one that uh, you've been wrestling with to get to bed tonight. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us tonight and share your experience of how you handle heel pain. No worries at all. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Ben. Take care. Bye-bye now. I want to thank all my guests, Ian, Andrew, and Ben for answering my questions on this year's Pods Heal Heals campaign. And if you're suffering from heel pain and you want to know some more answers about the help that's available out there for you, check out the hashtag Pods Heal Heals and you'll find lots of resources there. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.